Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. I'm so glad that you're with us. And once again, if you're our guest, maybe if you came for the first time last week or if this is your first week, I just want to say welcome and introduce myself. My name's Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're so excited that you're here with us. Or if you're watching this later this week online, thank you so much for joining with us. And this is um, going to be a message today, but I believe that God wants to speak to us and that is going to continue to shape who we are as a church. And so as you walked in this morning, um, if you walk through these two doors right here in the back, these two black doors, you walk past our church declarations, okay? If you do it every week, you probably didn't notice them because they're hanging there all the time, but they're more than just a decoration hanging on the walls. They're more than just statements to kind of fill up some space. They're what God has challenged us with as a church. And one of them says, one of those statements right there, it says this, we live life together. We believe that here at NCC. We believe that none of us are called to live out our Christian faith alone. We're not called to walk out this faith and in our belief in God by ourselves. We're called to do this with other people to live life together. And so we were moving towards kind of this season, the next few weeks, and I've been promoting, I've been talking about groups like, hey, we're getting ready to start to meet together in groups. And then I noticed this, that there's moments where I feel guilty. Like, I know you're super busy. Hey, everyone in the church, like you guys have work, you have jobs, you have things that you're doing. I'm so sorry, but like, you should really be a part of a group. You should sign up for a group. Like, and I almost feel like I'm apologizing for asking people to live life together and to be together because I know that we're all so busy. And as I started to think about that, I thought, we, we don't really understand what it means to live in biblical community. We don't, church. Like, we don't really get this idea of what God meant as he talked about the church and what God dreamed of as the church. We have different ideas that have been handed down to us that we kind of live in. And so I wanted to hit the pause on this season of groups, before we jump in and before I try to twist your arm and say, hey, can you please go to someone's house? Like, can you find some time to meet at a restaurant and hang out together? We need to understand, why would we do that? Why would you give up an extra night of the week? I mean, it's already hard enough to find an hour on a Sunday morning. Why are you going to go spend extra time trying to, to be with people that you don't know and, and you're already busy, you already have so much? And so I want us to pause this morning and and um, to really look at what does it mean to be a biblical community? What does it mean to be the church? And so that's going to be the focus of the message. And then we're going to respond to that this morning. Whenever I was growing up in high school, I lived in Colorado Springs. If you've been around a little bit, you've heard me tell some crazy stories of, of growing up. And so lived in Colorado Springs, was not serving God at this time. My parents weren't in ministry so they were pastors when I was growing up. But at this point, my parents weren't pastors of the church. So we went to a couple different churches and ended up at this church called Austin Bluff Assemblies. Um, it was about the size of this church. I'd sit every week on the back row, kind of Ron, right where you're at. I'd sit right back there and, and I'd sneak in a little bit late. I'd wait for that moment when the worship leader, the guy that would sing, would say, okay, everyone, close your eyes and lift your hands. And then I would sneak out down the aisle and I'd go to the bathroom. And I didn't want to be there in church. And so I would, I had the service perfectly timed out. I'd go to the bathroom for a few minutes and then I'd walk out of the building and I'd hang out on the backside where no one could see me in the church or I'd go sit in the car and I knew kind of everything that was going to happen. And then in those last few moments, I would sneak back in when they were doing the prayer. Once again, when everyone had their eyes closed. And so no one even really knew I was gone. Like I had it down to science and I didn't want to be there because my life was really jacked up. 
and what I had probably done the night before, I felt guilty about. I wasn't living for God. And I thought other people probably knew what was happening inside of me, although I doubt they really did. I thought they know kind of the mess that I've made. They know the trouble that I got in. They know the sin that I've been committing. And I didn't want to sit in a room like that um, for that long. And so that's how I spent years of my life, sneaking in and out of service, hoping no one would talk to me, hoping no one noticed me. And then something happened. And I won't go into all of the details, but God dramatically and radically changed my life and got my attention and something switched in my life. And that next Sunday, my parents always used to fight with us, get up, go to church. And me and my brother, we don't want to go today. Just go without us. We, we wanted to sleep in, but they didn't have to wake me up that next Sunday. I got up on my own and we didn't go every week. I went and knocked on their door and I said, are you guys going today? Cause if not, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to take the car if that's okay. And I'm going to drive. And I started to, the worship service was no longer a point for me to kind of quickly exit out and then make a late, um, last minute entrance in in the closing prayer. I started engaging. I started clapping my hands. I was excited to be around other people who had a faith like mine and who had experienced what I was experiencing and God was doing something in their life. I wanted to be there every Sunday morning. I wanted to be in that room. I knew God was gonna do something and my life was really messed up. My life was really jacked up and I needed those moments to continue to grow and develop in my faith. And so there was no way I was gonna miss that. No one had to tell me to show up on Wednesday nights. No one said, well, you're a student. You should be here on Wednesday nights. As soon as I found out that they had a service for high school and middle school students, I was there. No one was twisting my arm. And it wasn't because my friends were there. My friends were not going to show up at church. It wasn't because I knew these other students. It's because I needed people that were going through the same struggles I was. I needed other students who were trying to figure out how do I live as a Christian in my school? And I needed those conversations in my life. So of course I was going to be there on a Wednesday night. And I was going to switch stuff around to make sure that I did not miss that because I needed those moments. Thankfully, God blessed me with the church community who didn't judge me because I did not look like I belonged. My head was shaved. My ear was pierced. I wore these baggy clothes that looked like an elephant could fit into my pants. You know, I had these giant jeans on. They were sagged down, these giant clothes. And no one ever once made me feel guilty for dressing like that. No one ever once told me you're not welcomed here or hey, you need, to, you need to change the outside in order to come here. They just loved me and they invited me to be a part of the church and to be a part of the vision and what God was doing. And, and they even asked me to be in ministry and, and to do stuff with them as they were serving others. And all of a sudden something changed. I started to realize this is what biblical community looks like. I was having conversations with people that were like 50 and 60 years older than I was. But we were connected around this one idea. They had surrendered their life to Christ. And that's where I was. I was surrendering my life to Christ. And so it wasn't we were, looked exactly the same or we came from the same background or even had the same church experience. We were connecting together because of Christ. And this is what we see in the early church. And that's what I want us to look at this morning, this idea of biblical community and the church. So if you have your Bibles, open them up this morning to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to start reading at verse 42. And if you didn't bring a Bible, there's a blue Bible in the seat in front of you. And you can take it out and turn to page 53. And want to encourage you to do that and to walk along with this scripture. Um, even if you got to take out your smartphone, just Google um, Acts chapter 2. You will get there with us. But the Bible's important. And so I want all of us to open this up and to look at scripture this morning. And this is what, this is what we realize. This is what we understand. 
from Scripture. If you've never read the book of Acts, you're not familiar with this. This is just a few days after what we celebrated last week. Resurrection, Easter Sunday, that first Easter morning. This is taking place a few weeks later. The resurrection has happened. And this guy named Peter, who denied Christ just once again a number of weeks earlier, said, I don't even know the guy, is now standing up in front of thousands saying, hey, you killed him, you crucified Jesus, but he didn't stay in the grave, he rose again, and now that's changed our lives. And so he was inviting men and women, come repent, surrender your life and begin to follow God, begin to follow after Christ. And so you're talking about thousands of men and women that first day they responded to that message and they began to follow God. That's how the church was born. That's how all of this started. That's how all of this began with the church of, of people saying, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. And so this writer in the book um, of Acts, his name is Luke, this guy that wrote this letter or this story, this is what he says, Acts chapter two, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So you read this, you and I, we read this. This is thousands of years later, but this is the picture of how the church first started. And this guy starts to write and he's like, hey, there's some things I want you to know when you think about the church, this is the picture that I want you to have. This is what I want you to see. So maybe you came this morning, maybe you're thinking about that or someone invited you to church and is this the picture that you have of church? Is this the picture that you have here at NCC, here of our church? Is that what you think of? of oh yeah, I know those people. They're excited to get together. Whenever they meet together, there's this excitement, there's this enthusiasm, there's this expectation, there's an excitement to talk about God's word and what that means in our life and what that looks like for us. They can't wait to get together. I know what you're talking about when you're talking about church. It's those people. When you think about church, when others that you're sharing about your church, is that what they're thinking? I know those people. They're people, they have one another's back. You've got my back. Not just because you sit behind me on a Sunday morning, but, but those are people that will sacrifice for one another. Oh, the church, I know what you're talking about. Those are people that will sell their possessions, that will start giving away stuff. They'll take care of one another. The way they do that, that's crazy. I know what you're talking about when you talk about church. Those are people that, man, they pray for one another and they carry each other's burdens. And when you're going through a difficult time, they're there for one another. Yeah, that's the picture of church. Is that what you think of? I would dare to say most of us, that's not the picture of church that we have. We're missing out on this idea of biblical community. This is what it looked like. And when we talk about the church, this is the kind of picture that we should have. This is what we should think of. And so how did we get from this? How do you get from Acts chapter two, verse 42, this picture right here to where we are today? How does this look so differently for us? How did we get from that moment to this? Well, we have to start to look at what happened. And I think if we're gonna be honest, we've missed it as the church in some ways. Along the ways we, we've sidetracked, we've started to think about this thing in other pictures and, and with other ideas of what it means when we talk about the church. We don't think of Acts chapter two, verse 42, of that kind of picture. We're thinking about other things. But when this started, 
You had this group of believers, like we were hanging out together, we were spending time together because we both believed in Jesus. And they started to talk about, well, how do you even describe that? How do you describe this people? And so they came up with this word, ecclesia. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're ecclesia, okay? And this was not a spiritual word, okay? This had nothing to do with religion. This didn't have to do with Christianity or God. It was simply this word, ecclesia meant that you had been called out. So if you were in your home and someone called you out and now you're standing there with a group of other people and you're not with your family anymore, you're separated, you're there in the community, but now you're in this different group, you've been called out, you're ecclesia. And so they were like, that's kind of how we describe those people that follow Jesus. They've been called out. They, they live in the community. They work in the community. They go to school. They do all of those things, but they're separate in a way. They're, they're not exactly like everyone else. They've been called out. They're kind of separate. And then there was this other idea. Ecclesia meant it was this gathering. It's people that were excited to get together and not because they were all the same, but because they were united around one common purpose. Ecclesia meant that you were together, you were united in this, and you were gathering for one purpose and for one purpose only. You were united around a common mission. And so this idea of church, our word church, it comes from ecclesia. It means people that have been called out. We live in the community, we go to school, we do everything else that everyone else does, but there's something separate about us. We're different than everyone else and we're united. We get together. We spend time together. We hang out with one another. Why? Because we're united around one common goal. Now look around. We don't all look the same, do we? Not all the same age. We don't all come from the same background, but we are the church. We're the church. Why? Because we're united in this thing together. But as I said, we've missed this somewhere along the way. And so you had churches popping up all over the world in Rome, going up into Europe, you had these groups of believers, this, this church that was meeting in the Middle East and Turkey, a strong presence of the church in North Africa. A lot of what we have today is because of the powerful movements of God in North Africa. And, and Thomas taking this over to Asia, into India, being martyred for his faith in Christ, but sharing with other believers, bringing other Christians into this group of believers called the church. And that's how the church started. That's what this all looked like whenever this began, and then we made it about other things. People panicked. You got other cultures, other languages. How do we know we're all kind of got the same thing? How do we know we're all in this together? And so they made it about one man. There was a big part of the church that said, well, it kind of all stems from Peter. And so Jesus said, Peter was a rock. And so maybe it has something to do with that. And so we're gonna build this idea of the church on one individual. And there is a large section of the church, I'm not gonna name names, but that's what it is. It's the tradition of one man handed down from one man to one man to one man to one man. And now the traditions of that part of the church, sometimes what that one person says that's, that's sitting in that seat or wearing that robe at this point, it's bigger than the Bible. It's more important than what gospel says. And you got a large part of the world following that and calling that the church. And that's not the church. You guys, that's dangerously close to a cult. There's only one person that all of us should be following, and that's Jesus. And I want you to hear this this morning. I love leading this body here at NCC, but NCC is not Aaron Escamilla. 
This church does not have to do with who stands on this stage. It has to do with every single one of us that we get together. We love to be around each other. We are united around one goal and one purpose that we have surrendered our life to Christ and he's changing us and he's invited us into a relationship. That's what makes us a church, not who's standing here on this stage. And the dangerous thing, you guys, here in our culture, it's not just in Orthodox Christianity and other parts where we can point our finger. There are large churches here. Oh, I go to that church because that guy's a good communicator. Oh, I like the way he preaches. I like the way that he talks about the Bible. But you take that person out and that church falls apart. That's not the church. That's not biblical community. That's built around one person, one personality. That's not what God said I dreamed of whenever I wanted people to come together and grow together and develop. That's not my picture of the church. And so we've missed it sometimes. We made it about buildings. You're talking hundreds of years of church history where they built these giant cathedrals and you've got marble floors, you've got gold decorations, you've got paintings that are worth um, so much money, you've got people walking around in ornate robes, and then the real church is starving, is enslaved, is hurting, and they're broken, and they're thinking, wait, I'm not the church, the church must be that beautiful building, must be that place over there, because my life doesn't look like that, and I can't really relate to that. And so when you talk about what God's doing, you must be talking about that building over there, because I'm not like that. My life is broken, and my life is messed up. And so the church took on this identity. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking. You're talking about that building that I drive past. That's what the church is. It's where people kind of get together, and, and they do that thing, right? It's, it's, they worship God. You pray. You do all of that. You hear a message. You do all of that in that building. That's what the church is. And we missed it somewhere along the way. And you fast forward to our time. And the church has become about a time of the week. Hey, I'm going to try to make it to church this morning. I'm going to try to get there to church this week. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, 9.30 or 11.15 on a Sunday morning. That's what church has become to us. You guys, I realize this is not a comfortable message this morning, okay? But that's how many of us are living is we're assuming, God, what I give you is an hour, an hour and 15 minutes every week, or maybe every other week if, if I'm kind of busy. But that's what the church is. And we forgot, no, this, this doesn't have to do with the time of the week. This has to do with the people of God. It's this kind of picture that God is painting. That's what God's dreaming for us. And some of us, we base everything that we think about the church off of our comfort. Hey, what's the church gonna offer? Is the music good at your church? Is the guy funny, like the guy that gets up and talks? Is he, is he funny? Like, is he going to keep me engaged? Is he going to entertain me? This has become spiritual entertainment. This isn't about biblical community anymore. We've messed it up somewhere along the way. And we think, wait, the church is what I do for a few hours when I sit in a seat and I hear some music and then I pray a prayer and I hear a message and then I go out and do whatever I want to. That's the church. I'm a part of the church. And, and God's saying, no, wait, there's a different picture of that in the Bible. We've missed it somewhere along the way. I love to go and watch movies. Um, my wife and I, we do this a lot, okay? And so um, this Friday, we went and saw Avengers Endgame. Don't worry, no spoilers, okay? You don't have to cover your ears, not gonna give anything away. Um, I promise, okay? So I'm not gonna mess it up. I know some of you are still waiting to see that. But I've realized, I was reminded again this Friday, I'm a little bit of a movie theater snob. I only go to one movie theater, okay? 
And it's AMC right here in Mesquite. They have a Dolby Cinema Theater, and that's where I want to go to watch my movies, okay? A little bit of a confession. I go there so much, people know me. They do. So I walked in this week, and Kevin, who helps um, back here with our, um, our screens and our media stuff, he's like, he works there, and he's like, Aaron, I knew you and, you and Sarah would be here today. I just knew you were going to come today. And he's right. I know the people that work behind the concession stand. We chatted up sometimes, okay? I know some of the other employees that are there. I found out that this one guy, he just, he kind of rates the audience's reaction to the movie or the preview, so I started talking to him. I talked to some of my, um, some neighbors that, that are there often with us at the movie theater. And like I said, it, it's Dolby. There's one particular theater that I love to go in. I know the perfect seat in that theater. It's aisle H. It's seat 11 and 12. Do not take my seats, people. <laughs> Do not take my seats, okay? That's my seat, and I'm, I'm gonna be there usually on Friday mornings. I go a couple of times a month. I have my popcorn, okay? Um, and, and when I've got my popcorn in hand and my large Coke right there, I am ready to watch a movie. I'm ready in that moment to watch a movie, okay? And when I'm kicked back, the seats in that Dolby, they recline, so my feet are up. I put my, my feet on there. That's why aisle H is the perfect aisle there. And, and so that's where I'm at. I'm ready to watch a movie. I wanna laugh a little bit. I hope there's something funny. Sometimes I'll even cry, like on Friday morning. That's all I'm going to say, okay? Uh, but there's moments like that, right, where, where I'm moved. But I am entertained. Like, that's a good movie. Whenever I've experienced that, that's a good movie. Though That's the kind of moments that I want. And some of us, that's how we're treating the church. That's what it is, you guys. Yeah, I come once or twice a month. I, I'm here. And you walk into this place, you know people. Hey, how's it going? Hope you're doing good. Man, excited for today. Yeah, things have been pretty busy. We kind of have those light, casual conversations with each other. Some of you, as you walk into this place, you think it's like the movie theater. We don't serve popcorn here, but we do have coffee and donuts. And for many of you, you're treating it like unlimited refills, okay? You just keep going back for as many donuts as you want. It's okay. I know you didn't get breakfast this morning. It's going to be all right, okay? But, but you've got that, and you're kind of kicked back. You have your specific seat. Some of you panicked last week. Like, you didn't know what to do. Wait, there's only three sections. What happened to the fourth section? I've sat in that seat for five years now. Like, I know where that's at. And you, you were lost. You didn't even know what to do. Like, where do, where do I go? You have your perfect seat to observe and to be a part of the service. Like, you've got this thing down. And then you sit there, and you're kind of, okay, like, I hope this is good. Hope I laugh a little bit today. Maybe Aaron will say something funny. Maybe I'll cry a little bit like God, I'll tear up. God's going to move or God's going to say something. I'll leave encouraged and then I'll walk out and I'll, I'll maybe do this again next week if I have a little bit of time. And you guys, that's not biblical community. That's spiritual entertainment. That's not what Christ is calling us to. That's not what Jesus was talking about when he lived this out and when he came here. This is not what God gave his life for or what he dreamed for. And, and I heard one pastor and he said, man, I just got to the point where I couldn't do this anymore. People were always coming. New people would come and, and say, man, I, I kind of like this church. Like, like, what's it about? What do you guys have to offer? Like, what do you do for my kids? What do you do for my students? Like, like is this a friendly church? Can I invite other people to it? And so he's like, I just kind of came up with two responses. And when they'd come and they'd say, like, what's this church about? He said, well, if you come here, you can expect to die. Can die to yourself. Can die to your wants. You can die to your desires. You can die to your dreams because that's what Jesus offers. He tells you and me to come 
and not to try to add him to our lives, but to surrender everything that we are, that we lay it down and we pick up our cross. So that's what we can do as the church, you guys. And then he said, when people would come and say, but you've got to do something for my kids. Like, what are you offering for my kids? What are you offering for the students? He said, I just asked them, if you're wondering what the church offers, just go look in the mirror and ask that question again. If you want to know what we do for students, what does the church do for students? Then you look in the mirror and you say, wait, what am I doing for teenagers in this church? If you want to know if we're passionate about, is the church passionate about kids? Then you look in the mirror and you say, wait, am I passionate about kids? Because you and I, we are the church. And if we want this to be a welcoming, friendly place, then you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, wait, am I doing that? Because I am the church and I'm called to live that out. See, and we've got to stop expecting that the church is some outside entity out there that's going to entertain me or it's going to make me comfortable. That is spiritual entertainment. And what Christ is calling us to is biblical community. He's saying, hey, you're called to be in this together. And so we see this all through the book of Acts. It says this in Acts chapter four, it says all the believers were together with one heart and one mind. He's saying they're united in this thing. They got this, right? It wasn't just coming and sitting and observing. They weren't spectators. There was a unity and they looked different. You're talking about different cultures, different languages, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, but they're all coming together. And there's this unity that you can't find any place else because they're united around this idea of Jesus has done something for us. And we've all surrendered our life and now we're trying to follow him. We're trying to walk with him. And so that's what's happening. And Jesus knew this was the picture of the church. And that's why in John chapter 13, he says it like this, a new command I give to you. It's this, love one another. And if you're wondering how, as I have loved you, so you're called to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Jesus is getting ready to die. And so this is what he says is he's like, I got, you got to get this. You got to understand this. This is what I'm leaving you with is I'm challenging love one another. If you have any question of what that should look like, just look at my life. For people that are strangers, Jesus died. We didn't know him. He knew us, but we didn't know him. And he's looking at you and me saying, are you willing to lay down your life? Not just physically, but every day, are you willing to sacrifice and to give for others? Because that's the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated. And he said, if you have a question about what love looks like, look at my life. As I've loved you, that's how I'm calling you to love one another. And you start to think about this. I grew up in a church culture where you were a Christian, you were part of the church, as long as you didn't drink, smoke, cuss or chew, or date girls who do, okay? If you did that, like you were a part of the church, right? And you look at this and he's saying, no. You wanna know how they're gonna know that you're my follower? How well do you love each other? It's not about where you spend some time on a Sunday morning. It's not about the kind of clothes that you wear. It's not about all of these outside things that many times we put labels on. He's saying, I just wanna see how well can you lay down your life? How can you sacrifice yourself? How can you give of your time? If you start to understand that, you understand what God was dreaming of for the church where he said, this is the kind of love that I'm calling you to. This is what biblical community looks like. It's not when I'm just willing to to come here on a Sunday morning and we sit next to each other. That's not what the church is. The church is when I'm willing to get up and I'm saying, Manny, Maria, 
man, you're ever going through anything, you come and you tell me, and I can't fix it all, but I promise you, my family will go without, we'll sell stuff because I love you guys and we've spent time together and you've been over to my house and we're gonna do whatever it takes because I believe in you and I believe what God's doing in your life. See, that's the kind of love and that's the picture that he's talking about. This is love in the church and this is what it means to be a biblical community. When I come over here and I say, man, you're going through anything? I got your back. And I'll stop watching TV at night. I'll give up a meal throughout the week. I'll wake up early and I'm gonna pray for you like it's my prayer request. And you just tell me what's going on in your life. And I want you to know I am there for you, man. I've got you. I'm in this with you. That's because I love you. That's the kind of church that Jesus is talking about. Not just we sit next to each other for a few moments on a Sunday morning. It's that we love one another. We're in this thing together. We're doing this together. That's what God is speaking to us. That's what God's challenging us. And so Jesus is saying, this is how people are going to know you're my disciples. You want to know how the church grows? It's when people see you loving like that. And they're like, I don't even know if I believe in all of this Jesus stuff, but I've got to find out what you've got in your life. I've got to know what's different about you because I've never seen people do things like that. And I want to know, why do you do that? What's happening there? How do you sacrifice like that? How do you shift all of your time around? Like, why, why does that happen? It's because we've learned to love well. That's biblical community. And so I want to, I just want to challenge you. We're going to respond.